Welcome to Community Sense, where Carly and Mark talk with the world's best community leaders to get inspired and to learn the strategies for building a thriving community. What's going on, everyone? Hey, Carly. Hi, Mark. (laughs) So happy to be here. (laughs) Yeah, welcome to episode number one. Yes, this is a really cool feeling. I'm excited to start this journey with you. I am too. It's going to be so exciting to have you folks join us in this journey all about community growth. How do communities get started? What does the future of communities look like? Let's talk some community sense, Carly. Let's do it. (laughs) So for season one, we're going to have about eight or so episodes. We'll do a a final recap episode. So I guess technically there'll be nine. But the show for season one is going to be in three parts. We're going to start off with some common sense about community building and growth. So that's going to then lead us into the conversation we have with an amazing community builder, leader. Today, we have a great one for you all. Carly's going to introduce her in a moment. And then we wrap it up very quickly with the spark. Carly and I will give you the big idea, the thing that's going to really help you take your community to the next level of growth. So, Carly, who do we have on tap today for the first episode? Well, I am just so, so excited for this guest because... This person, I call her the community queen. I think she is one of the biggest community leaders within B2B, has so many great things to share if you follow her on Twitter. And her name is Erica Moss. And Erica Moss is the Senior Manager of Community Engagement at Atlassian. And prior to Atlassian, she ran community at Trello and Bitly and has worked with some incredible brands, but more importantly, has helped build some incredible communities. And I'm so thrilled that we get to learn from her today and have her on the first episode of Community Sense. Like, What could be better than to have someone who I admire? I'm looking forward to you meeting her, Mark, and to have her on the show. So we're so excited to welcome Erica, and what a treat to have it for the first episode of Community Sense. Big first episode. So like I mentioned, before we get into the conversation with Erica, we're going to just talk some common sense. So let's dive into that now, Carly. Here we go. Before we jump into it, we need to talk some common sense about community. So Mark, would love to hear what's up for today. What common sense do you want to talk about? To me, Carly, and Erica talks about this, this notion of like forcing community growth versus it organically happening. It's Mm -hmm. such a balance. It's like being on the teeter-totter. Is that Mm -hmm. what it's called in the swing set, right? Seesaw, yeah. (laughs) Seesaw, yeah. You're teeter-tottering on the seesaw. That's what it is. Thank you. (laughs) It's such a balance, right? Because you kind of want to force things to help kickstart the community, grow the community. But you also know that by forcing things, you might take away some of the authenticity. You might maybe rub people the wrong way. You might just force the wrong thing. So the notion of really using organic passion and excitement from the founding people within your community, or maybe organize the people that have all that passion and excitement for your brand or for your product. 
initially, but then letting them organically grow it and like letting them lead it. You're there to support them. You're there to learn from them and take more of a backseat to the initial start of it is a really smart thing to do in my opinion. And it sounds like it's like, oh yeah, that just makes sense. But if it comes like top down and someone tells you, hey, you need to grow the, the community at your business or you need to get more people to talk about our brand in social or in other places, then you're naturally going to want to force things versus maybe take more an organic route to growing it. So mm-hmm. to me, common sense says, try to force it, but I would invert that to say, no, no, don't, don't force it, empower the community and let the, let it grow organically in the beginning. Yeah. I think that that controlled organic growth is really, really powerful. And obviously during that time, kind of that, that slow burn is when you'll learn a lot about what's working, what's not working, where to invest more resources and time. I think, you know, as you think about growing a community, growing engagement, some of the things you can control though, or ways you can support that without crossing, you know, you're still remaining in that kind of organic growth space. I think a big thing community folks often forget about is this idea of you need to talk about your community to your target community members, whether it's your customers, your partners, whatever it might be. So, you know, in your marketing strategy, think about onboarding. How can we talk about community and onboarding? How can we talk about it during support calls or support conversations? We talk about newsletters or we talk about it on social and taking a tally of where do we talk about community to make sure that the awareness of your community is there is going to be an important step in building that kind of organic growth and enabling that organic growth without being too forward or, or, you know, too pushy and trying to just like hit the ground running and drive a ton of growth. Right. So I think there's this interesting, like, how do we build awareness? And then how do we turn that awareness into organic growth? You know, take a look at your strategy overall, take a look at all of the channels you have where you can communicate with your target community members and make sure that you're talking about your community there that will hopefully help fuel some of that organic growth. That's a great point. It's the point around making it more integrated, which is something that Erica also talks about in the episode, into your marketing communication strategy, into how your product team uses the community, not just from a programmatic standpoint, emails, product onboarding, those are all great suggestions that you made. Also to the point of just getting people on a one-to-one basis to talk about it with their customers with their maybe early access beta group and pointing those people to the community as well, if it's a little bit more, say, a product-centric community focus. So your point is really well made because awareness is the thing that you need to focus on as part of your growth strategy almost in the beginning versus a growth strategy is probably more than just awareness. It's engagement, it's retention, it's, it's all those things. And so I really like the point you just made. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as you mentioned, Erica has a lot of great insights. I mean, we've had a ton of great insights in every episode we've recorded so far, but one thing that really stuck out from this episode is this idea of community is collaborative, right? And how powerful community can be when you are collaborating from the very top down in your community strategy. So we're excited to share the insights from our conversation with Erica today, and we hope you all enjoy.
Well, Erica, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so excited to chat with you. You are definitely someone who I look up to within the community space. I think of you as a pioneering community. And so I have my pen ready. I can't wait to take notes throughout this conversation. So before we jump into it, we always like to start with kind of level setting about your business, right? So who is Atlassian? Why does Atlassian exist? Who are you serving? And and ultimately, what does it sell? So pumped to be here. Thank you for having me. And Atlassian at its core is a company that just creates amazing products and practices for teams to get work done. Like bottom line, that's what we're doing. And when we say teams, we truly mean all types of teams. So we're talking to IT teams, HR teams, marketing, legal, finance, wherever you find yourself, you've probably touched an Atlassian product at some point in time, whether it's Jira, you know, for ticket tracking, Confluence, if you're creating a wiki of sorts. My personal favorite is Trello. You know, that was an acquisition by Atlassian a few years ago. And yeah, it's just sort of how we keep teams moving. Great. Yeah. And I think something that's really interesting about that, that I just realized is Atlassian is all about how teams can collaborate to get stuff done. Right. And our theme for this season of community sense is community is collaborative. So I think that's a That's a great segue, and I'm sure we'll dive into how teams can better collaborate with one another, obviously, but then how that influences community. So really interesting. Love that. Yeah, to that point, Erica, it's interesting when you mention the different types of people that could use your products. It sounds like it's very diverse. So to me, it's like a diverse set of classic buyer personas, if you will, you have a large, probably ideal customer profile. All of those things to me then make me think your community must be pretty big. That's my assumption. So I kind of want to ask you about that now. Like, How do you actually define community at Alassian given that diversity? Yeah, that's a great question. And our community started organically, which is a wonderful thing, right? Like what more could you hope for? It was people who are passionate about our products, passionate about the practices, you know, that we've sort of been building around our products. And so that's when in 2006, you see this group of about 80 humans, Atlassian users who just got together in Virginia to like share best practices, talk about Atlassian, meet their fellow users, that kind of thing. And then, you know, those folks start meeting more regularly that becomes sort of the origin story for our, what used to be called user groups. Now we call them community events. So that's happening over here. On the online side, we have this site called Atlassian Answers, where folks are just using their free time to share knowledge and share best practices and talk to other users. And again, this is happening organically. Like our team isn't like super intentionally involved. Like we're there, but we're not like really formulating sort of the modern day version of what the Atlassian community is. And, you know, I mentioned the community leaders, they are kind of the stewards of this movement. So in modern day, when we're talking about sort of what the Atlassian community looks and feels like, they're setting that vibe, they're setting that tone, they're hosting events in their local communities, they're writing articles about best practices in the online community. And so you have all that like happening organically. And then eventually, obviously, we were like, we should probably get involved, harness all of these good vibes, give these folks resources to succeed, right? Because if they're kind of operating over here by themselves, 
and not seeing us involved, like that's to their detriment. So let's give them slides, let's give them training. So that's when you see us, you know, become more intentionally involved. And when I think about community at Atlassian, the reason that I love working here is because from the top, we have buy-in from our leadership team. Like Mike and Scott have believed in community from the beginning and they continue to be involved, by the way. They will you know, host an AMA in the community, or they will stop by our community week at our big user conference. And so I think when you have them setting the tone in that way, it kind of makes us much more excited, (laughs) you know, in our day-to-day roles. And the community members notice that, obviously, you know, they're, they're super pumped to see that involvement and be that close to, you know, the leaders of of a company that they really believe in. Carly and I definitely want to dig into that last point you made around leadership being so passionate about it and all those other folks too. I want to just double click on something you said around users. Can you just unpack what you mean by a user? Because I definitely have used a lot of Atlassian products, including Trello, Jira, three or four that I can think of actually. Yeah. When you say user, what do you mean by that? When I say user, I think of like anyone who touches an Atlassian product. And, you know, to your point earlier, you talk about how diverse our community is. And that really is that. So you have, you know, the Jira admin who's like at the top, like running things day to day, like setting up the instances within their organizations. And then you have just folks who are in Trello every day. You know, they're working on the editorial team and just moving the cards along as they progress in their like day-to-day work. And that really informs the type of content we're creating in the community, right? Because we have to think about the novice, the newbie, all the way up to the experts, the community leaders who are raising their hand, you know, because they've been in it. A lot of times they know the products better than we do, honestly. Like they're more in the weeds of it than than we are even. And so yeah, when we're thinking about how to get them excited, we have to think about that broad spectrum. And you have to also create a welcoming space, by the way, where everyone feels valued and everyone feels like they can bring something to the table. And so I actually created an article within the community, kind of like a myth busters, like, oh, I feel like I'm too new to contribute anything of value here. And it's like, no, like if you're having a question about something or if you have an epiphany about something, chances are someone behind you is going to want to, you know, hear about that and, you know, really benefit from that knowledge sharing. And so humans across the spectrum, but that's what makes it diverse. That's what makes it challenging. That's what makes it fun. (laughs) I love that kind of foundation of creating a, a safe space, right? Where everyone feels value. You have provided resources for showing how people can share their knowledge and and bring something to the table. And I think that ties nicely into what Mark was saying before, which was, you know, you have a really diverse user base. And I have to imagine that internally at your company, you also have to have a diverse set of your employees who support this community. And I know you said at the very top, right, your leadership is bought in here, but I'd love to hear about the other folks within Atlassian who are helping support the Atlassian community and helping support that just big diverse group of users. Totally. And the caveat here is that we haven't completely figured this out. Like Atlassian is a very large organization with a lot of moving teams. But when I think about 
the teams that support and like help us grow this community, it literally is everyone's job. And that's a really important point that I kind of want to hammer home is that community does not exist in a silo anywhere, but, you know, especially at Atlassian, that is a big part of my job and the other ambassador program managers is to continually educate folks about the value of it. You know, why should I, as a product manager, spend time in my day? I'm already very busy. (laughs) You know, I'm trying to ship things. I'm trying to like make the product better. What is the value add for me to spend an hour in the online community every day? And so that's a big part of our job. So bringing our product teams closer to the folks in the community is huge, you know, because these people care about how the product evolves. So why wouldn't we want to be those dot connectors and and kind of bring them closer? And we want to think about how we scale relationships like that. So the online community is a wonderful way to do that, where if a product manager hops in and does and ask me anything for an hour, that's a great way to share information kind of in a one-to-many type of way. So as a product manager, that's a huge value add. We have like early access programs where people can raise their hand and say like, yes, I'm willing to hop on a Zoom call for an hour and talk about my pain points, my challenges, what I would love to see in future iterations of the product. And we have product folks who present at community events. If you are an events community leader, that is the best thing that you can bring to your members is an Atlassian speaker, someone who's working directly on Jira Align or someone who's working directly on Confluence. Like they can show up and say like, yes, I'm a real human. You're real humans. Like let's have a real conversation about kind of where we're heading. So product is a big focus for us right now. That is huge. And then we tap into all of a bunch of other internal teams to whether it's the editorial team to help us promote the community in some of our, you know, blog content and that kind of thing. We want to get more eyeballs on it and let folks know, you know, that it exists as a resource. And also, as I talk about this community leaders program, you know, we have about 400 folks who are in it right now. They're answering questions, they're hosting events, but we want to bring more folks into that family, into that fold, right? And so we rely on our internal teams to refer folks. Like if you're having a conversation with a superstar customer, we want to know about it because you know, we want to educate them that this program exists and has a bunch of wonderful perks and rewards associated with it. So the short answer is community is everyone's job. (laughs) Community is definitely collaborative (laughs) at Atlassian. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Is that a cultural thing that was from the founding of the company or, or, or how did that become so like ingrained? I would say it's been a slow burn. Absolutely. I think no matter what organization you're at, community is kind of always an educational component where you kind of have to be like, as a reminder, we're still here. These are the things that we do. Again, these are the value adds for you as, you know, an internal teammate. Like, why should you care about community? And so when we're thinking about campaigns, when we're thinking about referral programs, that's part of sort of that evergreen educational component. And, you know, we have new folks joining all the time, right? And so you've got new humans, new blood that you kind of have to indoctrinate, I guess, for lack of a better word. But, you know, from the jump, you want folks to be excited about it and want to be involved because it's a fun place to hang out, right? Like, that's where the magic happens. How do you measure all of that engagement, all of that excitement? 
how do you measure community? In a variety of ways, I would say, I think we have gotten smarter over time in that our goals are very intentional and they are aligned with Atlassian's overall strategy and Atlassian's overall OKRs. Because if we are sitting on a community team over here, just kind of doing our own thing, like not doing anything that ladders up to the broader, (laughs) you know, business strategy and like what Atlassian hopes to accomplish, then we're just sort of like spinning our wheels, right? So I think we've gotten a lot more intentional about that. I think our head of community, Stephanie Grice, does a fabulous job of continuing to think about how community can be a strategic lever for Atlassian. And again, there's an educational component around that, but she's involved in those conversations, keeping community top of mind. And a great example of this recently was Atlassian announced its intent to move toward a cloud-first future. So we want all folks to be on our cloud products and using our cloud products. And that was a big announcement, and that affected a lot of people. And our community is kind of at the forefront of that, right? You know, sharing their opinions, letting us know their challenges. And that's how we can sort of meet them where they are, meet our customers right where they are, and remove some of the uncertainty around that. And so when we think about our projects and our campaigns at that time, and we will continue to think about this, is can we host an AMA with someone who is heading up cloud migrations where folks can just sort of join a thread and and ask the questions that are top of mind for them that impact their day-to-day, right? So we're doing that. We're sharing user stories about folks who have, you know, made that transition and sort of talking about that journey and all the scary parts of it, the challenges, the wins, and sort of laying that out for folks. So yeah, a lot of of goaling around that in terms of like, how can we really equip our community and make them feel good and safe around this decision that we've made that ultimately impacts them. And, you know, we do a lot of things too, in terms of like product onboarding. So we try to introduce the community very early in that process. And we know that if someone visits the community within the first two weeks of becoming a customer, they're two to three times less likely to churn. And so data like that is like really important when we're trying to tell the community story and explain to folks why they should care. But yeah, I guess that's kind of the nuts and bolts of it. And then, you know, my day-to-day is is highly focused on the community leaders. And so again, how are we making that group bigger? How are we making sure that we are equipping them with resources and the things they need to really sort of thrive in that role? Is there one just North Star metric that you really care about, Erica? Well, it's kind of split, right? Because we have our online community where there's a ton of activity, you know, we've got, I think, 350,000 active monthly users there currently. And that's a number that we want to, that we care about. And so we think a lot about the stickiness of the online community and are we creating content that people care about and want to come back to? Because I think it would be really easy for it to be very transactional. Like, oh, I hit a blocker on Jira. I'm going to see if this question's already been answered or I'm going to ask it. And once it is answered, you know, it's been so good seeing you. Bye. You know, we don't want that. We want to create an environment where folks feel welcome. You know, they feel like they can, you know, make connections. So creating a sticky experience in the online community is something that we're always trekking toward. And then we, again, you know, have the events program on this side. And we want to make sure that we are always hosting more events, bringing more attendees into the fold. So yeah, those are kind of two 
North Stars that we're always thinking about different ways to move the needle on that. One thing you said, Erica, that really connected two dots for me was in talking about your goals, you said that the community's goal stems from the strategic goals of Atlassian, which I think really speaks to the fact that your community is kind of ingrained in the culture of Atlassian, ingrained in the success of Atlassian. So in thinking about kind of where Atlassian is going and kind of where community is going to help take Atlassian, I'm just curious, like, what are you excited about what's to come for the community at Atlassian? And are there any fun things that you're working on that that you'd be <laughs> open to sharing that you can maybe steal, steal some ideas from? <laughs> That's such a great question. I think what we're excited about in terms of moving forward, kind of like a V2 with our product teams is having shared goals with them where like, instead of us just having a set of things that we're trekking toward, and then we, you know, pull them into the fold and say like, this is what we're trying to accomplish. I think when they have sort of a community goal on their side, it makes them more invested in it. You know, they're along for the ride, they get it. And we can share the results of that, right? And really demonstrate for them like how impactful it was. So that's something I'm excited about when I think of like a V2 with with our product teams. But gosh, what am I excited about that I'm working on right now? Virtual events have been the name of the game for the past X number of months, right? You know, COVID hit. We sort of had to pivot. Our leaders had to pivot into this like Zoom first culture. And so right now I'm kind of working on a state of virtual events and we will invite all of our leaders to this big summit workshop, whatever you want to call it, and just have a moment to sort of recalibrate and recharge around this movement. You know, what have we learned? What tools and platforms do we have at our disposal? How can we keep people excited about logging on to a Zoom call, you know, their 800th Zoom call of the day? And so that's something I'm very excited about. And we're going to bring some leaders in who have some best practices that they can share because, again, they know more about this stuff even than we do. But I'm excited to have sort of an end of the year like recalibration around like, okay, this is where we've been. This is where we're at. And how do we set ourselves up for success moving forward? You know, we talked about community as collaborative and what you just touched on there. Two, two great examples. It's collaborative with the community. Like, what can we learn from you? How can we work together to determine or get a good understanding of what's to come in the future or recap, you know, what we learned from the past? Yeah. But then with your product team, how can we work together to align on what we want to deliver within the community and how... You know, I think there's no better way of doing that than sharing goals, right? Or yeah, to set the same goals and to share those goals and to hold each other accountable to like, you know, if you succeed, I succeed. And we're only going to do that together. And, and that's how we're going to best support the community. So just a great example of how collaborative community <laughs> can really be over at Atlassian. I love it. <laughs> so well said. And if I had to give advice to anyone who's like, you know, coming up in community or whatever is to just never assume anything. And I think that's kind of how, you know, Atlassian approaches how it, you know, iterates on its products. That's how we approach how we iterate on community is that, we don't purport to know like what these folks want and need. We go out and ask them, whether that's a survey, whether that's 
a focus group where we're getting 10 of them in a room and, you know, having a really candid conversation, we can't build in a silo. And so that's a big part of what we do is really co-creating with them and saying like, we hear you and like actually meaning it. (laughs) And then, you know, making those changes based on their feedback. I think that's really important. I love that. Well, that is a great piece of advice. I wrote that down. Never assume anything. You can't build in a silo. It's so true. And to wrap today up, we'd love to hear about some common misconceptions of community building and what advice you might give around those. I feel like we could have an entire episode dedicated to (laughs) the misconceptions around community. And it's such a great time to be in this space. It feels like all eyes on us, you know, everyone is hiring for a community role right now, but that doesn't mean that folks are, you know, doing it thoughtfully or doing it in the appropriate way. So we still see a lot of issues with like, I can grow a community overnight, right? Like not everyone understands that it's a slow burn and that a lot of times it's going to take like 12 to 18 months. You know, if you're talking about launching a community from scratch to really see the stickiness and like the value, you know, being reflected back to you there. So community is still not happening overnight. So I just want to (laughs) like put that out there. And we've talked a lot about this in this episode is that it doesn't exist in a silo, right? Like it's not a team that sits over here and we talk to them every once in a while as like an add-on to a campaign or an afterthought. Like it should be a part of every go-to-market strategy. Every team should be thinking about you know, how community can really impact the work that they're doing. And I think finally, what I want to say in terms of, you know, misconceptions is that some folks still think that community isn't it or that it doesn't deserve a seat at the table. And I think now that we see folks hiring for chief community officers, we're sort of turning the tide there where folks really understand, again, that this doesn't exist in a silo and should be a part of every integrated campaign anywhere. So again, super exciting time to be in this space. And I I can't wait to see what happens next. (laughs) I mean, community is the voice of your brand. It's the megaphone, if you will. So to your point, it has to be integrated. It has to be something that is used to grow the brand, but also I'd say bring the brand into the minds or the homes of other people. Like, you know, like who do we trust the most? It's our friends, it's our coworkers in many ways. It's not a, it's not a marketer. It's, yes. it's not really a company always, it's, it's those people. So your community members are in many ways your, your most trusted confidants, you know? So like you better make sure that you, like you said in the beginning, empower them, encourage them, support them, because they really are like probably one of your biggest brand assets. Yes. And it's a two-way street, right? You know, we're not just sort of reaching out to these folks when we need something. Like we are always trying to figure out how to reflect the value that they've given us back to them. And so you see that in the community leaders program specifically, where we're like, okay, let's be really intentional about the perks and rewards so that we can demonstrate that, you know, we care about you as a 360 degree human. So, you know, we'll host a workshop that has nothing to do with us, but maybe helps them professionally develop themselves in their own organizations, within their industries in kind of their little corner of the world. So that's something that I'm thinking about on a daily basis for sure. Love yeah. that. Thank you, Erica. It's been, it's been an awesome conversation. <laughs> 
Thank yes. You so thank you guys. Much, yeah. This was so, so great. We're just, thank you for your time, pages of notes and congrats on all the success at Atlassian and looking forward to hearing about how those new initiatives on virtual events and alignment with your product team and everything, how all that goes. Exciting times. Thanks so much, y'all. Yeah. You're so welcome. Well, Carly, that was quite the conversation. It really was. What a treat to get to talk with Erica in that way. I'm just spinning from from how many great insights we had from that. So let's move on to the spark. The big thing that's going to continue to hopefully ignite your community and its growth. For me, it was when she said, focus on educating, enabling your internal stakeholders and teams. Everyone from you know, the C-suite leadership level all the way down to people that are interacting with customers on a daily, regular basis, teaching people about the value of the community, presenting that data, telling the story of how the community is helping the business grow, how it's aligned to the business's strategic initiatives and other really important KPIs. Just that internal education. And from personal experience, I can't say that enough. That is such a smart thing to do and such an important thing to do. So if you want to continue to help your community grow, educate your internal teams about it. Mm -hmm. I wrote that one down too, that idea of enabling your team. I mean, how can you expect your team or your org to be bought into this idea of community if if they don't even really know what's going on or, or the results of what you're seeing or the impact that you've had on your customers? So getting them on board with the exciting things that are happening within your community, but then also supporting them and and how they can support the community is such a great insight. For me, there was something Erica said that is a great theme for community, right? A great lesson for community, but I also think a great lesson for life. Personally, never assume anything when it comes to community and life. Honestly, that is just such a great insight. I think we can't assume what our customers or community members want from us for community. And the only way we'll really know how to best serve them is by going out and talking to them and having conversations. Something we talk about at Pavilion all the time is this idea of listening closely and acting quickly. And I think this ties really, really well into this idea of never assuming anything. You know, you should have your ear to the ground all the time and have one-to-one conversations with folks about what are you looking for? How could we better serve you? What would support you in your job? What would support you in your goals, right? And within your career and to use those insights to influence and, and hopefully develop your strategy. And in an ideal world, you're always listening and you're always able to kind of act quickly on those things. So that was a big, big takeaway for me. And we can't assume we have to have some sort of data to back up the decisions we make. So really great insight from Erica there. Along those lines, it's similar, assume positive intent, especially when it comes to community building of Mm -hmm. your members. So I I love that one, Carly. (laughs) Yeah. Well, great insights today, Mark. Just so lucky to have another fabulous conversation with just another really inspiring community leader. And obviously always great to get to chat with you and learn from your insights as well. So thank you all for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave us a review and we are looking forward to seeing you on our next episode of Community Sense. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Community Sense Podcast. Subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, 
If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star rating or share the show with a friend. And don't forget to connect with us at communitysense.co. 